Well, hello everybody, it's wonderful to have you with us. I pray wherever you are that you know that God is with you exactly in the place where you are. From time to time, I'm speaking somewhere and afterwards people come and say hello and we have a chat with people in all kinds of places. And it's not uncommon for someone to come along and begin to tell me their story, their faith journey. And one of the things that they will say is, I'm not sure if I'm being good enough. Others might put it this way, I'm not sure I'm doing enough. Others saying, uh, if you knew me and you knew just how unfaithful I am, how sinful I am, I don't know that God will be, ever be able to forgive me. And I've heard these stories many times, many, many times over a long period of time. And, and in one sense, there's a fault to that way of thinking, in one sense. And, one of the, and, and what I mean by there's a fault to that way of sensing is that we act as if the, the fact that we're saved by God is dependent upon us, that somehow we're saved because of what we do rather than we're saved because of what God has done. And we, we fall into the trap of thinking that our life is meant to be lived in this way where we've got it all together. And, and if we have it all together, then, 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 then God is happy with us. But when we read the Bible, the Bible tells us over and over, how come I know the right thing to do and I can't do it? I know what I should be doing and then I don't do those very things. And so if it's true that I know the right thing to do and I can't do it, and if we know people like St. Paul and others have said that, the great saints have said that as well, uh, if, if that is true, then, then what does it mean? Is, is it that we're not meant to try? Is it that we're not meant to try and live a holy life? Or is there something that we're missing in the midst of it all? Well, let's have a look at this passage of scripture from Matthew chapter 19. And it says this, and, then, and this is a beautiful passage of scripture. Then someone came to him and said, Teacher, Jesus, what good must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you ask me what is good? There is only one who is good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honour your father and mother. Also, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. The young man said to Jesus, I've kept all these. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you wish to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give the money to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And when the young man heard this word, he went away grieving for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astounded and said, Then who can be saved but Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it's impossible, but for God all things are possible. Then Peter said to Jesus, Look, we've left everything and followed you. What then will we have? 
See, this passage is a fantastic passage of Scripture because a number of things are happening here. A rich man comes to Jesus, a rich young man comes to Jesus, and he says, what do I have to do to measure up? What do I have to do to get in? What do I have to do to make God pleased with me? He's not stopping and going, well, God is the one who makes, who, who saves me. He's stopping and going and he's falling into that guilt trip where he says, what are all the things that I need to do? Because if I do these things, God will be happy with me. Now, we have to make sure that we, we separate the fact that we are saved by God's grace and his death and his resurrection. That's a done deal. That's a done deal. It's God that does it. But we can fall into that trap where we think and we act as if it was all dependent upon our effort. I've been following God for a long time in my life. I have. I've been blessed to have had faith. I've been blessed to be introduced to a personal relationship with God. And the older I get following God, the more difficult I find it, in a sense, to do the right thing. And it's not that there is more sin in my life. Is that as I grow and mature and grow closer to God, my eyes begin to see who God is and his perfection, his beauty, his holiness. And as I see God for who he is, I then in the in, in almost in the, in the in the in the sidelight, I begin to see myself and I see how far I am away from the holiness of God. I see how far away I am and I recognize that I who have been trying for so many years to measure up to God's standard, that no matter how hard I try, I just seem to keep failing over and over and over and over again, over again. And, and sometimes I feel I'm in it all by myself and I, and I, and, and I talk with others who are more mature than me in the Christian life. And what I recognize in them and hear in them is this even deeper sense than even I have that it is God's love, it is God's grace, and it is God that causes us to measure up. Jesus comes along and he mentions six of the Ten Commandments. He said, you need to keep these. And the young rich man comes along and he says, oh, he said, I keep all those. Yeah, no, I'm doing those. I'm, I tick those box. And then Jesus says to him, well, go sell your possessions and then come follow me. And it says the man was greatly grieved by this. And see what Jesus is striking at is, is not the Ten Commandments, but Jesus is striking at this. What is it that has your heart captive? What is it that you place before me? For this rich man, it was his wealth. But there are many people who are rich in other ways too, aren't they? Rich in their thoughts about what they think of themselves. Uh, that, that people effectively put themselves before God. And, and what Jesus is striking here, and, and he's saying, there can't be anything besides me. What's the first commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your... Love the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods besides me. And, and when Jesus is asked what's the greatest commandment, he says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. That is first. What Jesus is saying here is what is it that you put before me? 
before me. Because no amount of your effort is going to save you because you're freely saved by the action of God. But God wants to have that resident place in our life. And we so often, we so often replace God with something else. For some people, it's what people think of them. For some people, it's money. With some people, it's their possessions. For some people, it, it, is, it is their ability. It is their competence. There are all these things that we, we make as more important than who God is. And to be surrendered to God is to say to God, God, you are central to my life. You are first in my life. You have central place in my life. And if it wasn't for your grace, if it wasn't for your love, if it wasn't for your goodness, if it wasn't for who you are, I couldn't get to you. Jesus is saying, root out of yourself that which you put before me. Now, the disciples, when they hear it, they go, wow, if this rich guy, you know, if he, you know, if, 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 if he can't get there and he's keeping all these commandments, what about us? And what Jesus effectively comes along and he says, it's impossible for a person to save themselves. A person can't save themselves, but God can. It's impossible. What's it say? For mortals, it's impossible, for, but for God, all things are possible. And so, and so we have to come before God, and that's what prayer is. Lord, come and work in my life. That's what repentance is. Lord, I recognize within me that there are things that I'm doing that I shouldn't do. I need to go in a different direction. Surrender is recognized that we need surrender to say, be the Lord and Savior of my life. That's what this scripture is about. Who's in the central place? And Lent is about the examination of our heart. Lent is about the examination of our conscience. Who has central place in our life? That's, and, and so Lent is about coming back to pushing ourselves out and saying, Lord, I submit more deeply to you and to your ways. Loving Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise because you're so good. Allow us, Lord, to put you first in our life, centre in our life. And Father, we make this prayer in the name of Jesus through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you all, everybody. See you tomorrow. And don't forget, wherever you are, God is never far from you.